0: You're about to listen to a message from the Life Point Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Lord, we're grateful, and we, your children, have come to just offer our sacrifices of praise this morning. Everyone in the room and online, together we say thank you, God. Thank you, thank you for your love. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your mercy. We are products of your mercy and your grace. We thank you. And as we just continue in this same atmosphere where you are present and resident, as we continue to to sit at your feet and learn from you, we thank you because the anointing that makes the teaching and the preaching, the hearing and the doing of your word easy, it is present here. We thank you, Father, because you will speak to us. Scripture says that the entrance of your word gives light. You send your word, it heals diseases, delivers from destruction. So we thank you for deliverance in the room this morning and online, everyone who's participating. We thank you, God, for we experience you in a new way. And I just thank you because I speak as your oracle, that which it is that you have given, that which it is that you have prepared for us, your children. We give you all praise and glory in Jesus' name we have prayed, amen, amen. Go ahead and take your seats. Please be seated. Good morning, family. Morning, everyone. Can we please love on the band? Thank you so much, guys. God bless you. Uh, I want us to also very specially, just celebrate the instrumentalists. Itoro, Dele, Shola, Tolu, Sam, you know, everyone who's up on stage here. God bless you guys. You guys absolutely rock. Whew. Okay, one more person we need to celebrate. Please, guys, help me love on Tamil Day. Thank you very much for sharing your God experience with us. uh, And and just as um, Demiladi said, you know, it's one of those we've heard. In fact, when you think you've heard it all here on this stage, when you think you've heard God experiences, God just shows you like, man, I'm still moving. I'm still at work in the lives of my children. You hear some experiences, and they just humble you. They Just humble you, you know, and listening to him. The, the thought that dropped in my heart was it 's amazing how so the, the, the person who, who led him to Christ, person who, who got, you know, um, got him baptized in the Holy Ghost, was there in that same prison. It, this wasn't an external influence. so you know how as churches we go to the prison to minister. this wasn't one of those. this was somebody an image and him. It's kind of like a Joseph moment right there, and I was just like, man God, you still use the What's, how, do, how does that, is it Bethel's song now? You know, you still use the things that man deems impossible and you've given up on. Things that man has given up on, you still use them. You still use them. You, you, help comes from the least likely places. And I was just so encouraged personally in my spirit that, man, God, you are at work. You are still moving. You are divinely orchestrating things and causing all things to work together for the good of your children. And that is so comforting. So if you're in the room, Perhaps you missed that God experience. Something you want to listen to again. Yeah? It's something you want to hear again. And just draw strength. If you listen to it and, you know, you probably just are still caught up in the moment of, a, I know somebody who went to prison now. You know, I have, I'm seeing somebody like who went to prison. Don't dwell on that. That is not what is important. It is the, it's, it's the way of escape God already prepared even before he got there. The provision God already made before he got there. We've heard stories of people going to prison, fall into severe depression, commit suicide, you know, just different things. But God brought him out and God brought him out a stronger man, hallelujah, that he can stand here today and share his story. And we will draw strength, we will find hope and just be reassured of God's faithfulness and his intact fatherhood. Do you want to go ahead and celebrate God this morning? Put those hands together and just worship God and say, Father, you are faithful. Oh, you are so good. Thank you very much, Temilade, for sharing with us. God bless you. And and that just brings me into our teaching series for the month and more specifically what we'll be talking about today. So the entire month of June, our focus is on resilient faith, resilient faith, the faith that perseveres, the faith that overcomes, the faith that presses in, the faith that pushes until something happens. Resilient faith. And we're in a world where we need resilience faith. In fact, we need resilience as a people. Amen. How many people agree? Do you agree? Okay. So there was something I wanted to do. I'll jump back into the teaching. I wanted everyone in the room to please go ahead, put your hands together and appreciate yourself. Just love on yourself. Then help me love the person sitting beside you, and I'll tell you why. Tell them it's great to have them in church this morning. Yeah? And it's for the very simple reason that there are several factors that could have prevented your coming in, in person. You could have been online. And not to say that we don't love all our people online, online family, online church, we love you guys. We're excited, but we're just very happy. I mean, it's comforting, and I think the band would bear me witness. Imagine if everybody chose to be online, and it's just us speaking to ourselves. They would be singing to empty chairs. So please, again, help me celebrate and appreciate yourselves for making it into the room. All right. So I was talking about the focus for this month, resilient faith. Um, I'm trusting God that towards the end we'll have an opportunity to pray specifically for a certain category of people. Okay, so I just need the ministers to um, be on standby and be prepared for that. Scripture says in First John chapter 5, verse 4, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. This is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. We want to remind ourselves that the world may have its ups and downs, Things may be going crazy in our world, but we have a hope that we're anchored to that is both sure and steadfast. Our faith is hinged in our redemption, our adoption, and in who God is. We're not strong of ourselves. We're not much of ourselves. If you will to, 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 to move a mountain, there's a high likelihood. I know they say, there's, I mean, there's all of this motivational concept about once you just focus on it and you focus hard enough, it will happen. But our faith says we don't even see what is to come, what we believe that it is. And we live as though we've experienced it already. Until we receive the manifestation of that which we are hoping and trusting and believing for But we don't behave as if it is yet to happen And I know some of us can relate to this You guys know me, I don't have sheep, I will share But I remember at some point in time in my own word of faith journey Where you're trusting God for something and you're just peeping to see Has it happened? When will it happen? Will it even happen? So this month, our focus is on resilient faith. The faith that pushes through. The faith that perseveres. I'll take my reading this morning um, from the book of First Peter chapter 1, verses 6 to 9. Our topic for this morning is hello pain. Moving from pain to power. Hello, pain. I'm sure you all know the Hello, fear song. Well, maybe not, but you know the Hello, fear song, yeah? There are different things that life throws at us um, and causes us to doubt the efficacy of the word, causes us to doubt the love of God for us. We find ourselves in situations that jar us, you know, life-shaping moments, life-shaping events that cause us to question the authenticity of our faith. But this morning we're focusing on pain because we know that it is one of the things that causes men to give up on God, that causes men to stop trusting, to stop believing. So can can I have the slides up, guys? At least the, the title slide. So moving from pain to power. First Peter 1:69 says, In this you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love. Now it's a long read, but here are the parts that I want you to focus on and hold on to. Yeah? It says if need be you have been grieved by various trials you have been attacked by various challenging situations that have cost you pain perhaps there are people in the room or watching online who have experienced seasons of pain or probably still even in a season of pain you are in a circumstance or a situation that is painful and I mean, without trying to give you the dictionary definition of pain, but pain is uncomfortable, right? Is there anybody that... Now, I know... I was going to say, is there anybody that enjoys pain? I know that... There's, there's some weird people. They enjoy pain. You know, they, they enjoy pain. Yeah. Um, and just as I use the word weird, the Holy Spirit reminded me of because I because I, I have met people in my journey who have caused pain, caused bodily harm to themselves. Not necessarily because they enjoy it. Because the bodily harm is very, what's the word now? Is in consequence to the kind of emotional pain that they are dealing with. So it's almost as if that bodily harm is an outlet to free up some of the pain, the burden, the weight of pain that is bearing down on their souls. So the Holy Spirit just reminded me now that they're not weird. They're really in pain. So when I use the word weird, I'm talking about people who just like pain, you know? Or people, who, you walk know, you, you, you out, for example, you enjoy just going to carry weight. It's painful. <laughs> why, should, why do I want to do that to myself? Just go and be lifting weight. Just be lifting, be lifting. Ordinary walk, seven and run. My, all my muscles are killing me. And then somebody decides my life's mission and ambition is to go and be carrying some 20 pound whatever. To what end? Why should I? It's even smaller, be uh-huh. so to what, why do I want to cost myself such pain? And then I'll be I mean, with the times and the seasons that I work out in my life, I'm not always okay the first three days. I just feel feverish, I'm just ill. So, but some people they just glory in the pain. It is well. Anyway, so that's what First Peter 1 is saying here. He says, you have been grieved by various trials, but that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire. And there are different levels of pain that we attract. Um, I remember a couple, maybe months or sometime last year when P.I. taught us and he spoke about the four quadrants of pain. I don't know how many people remember. There is the pain that you, by yourself, used your hand to cause. Amen? You went and dated, or you are dating someone whose life mission is to make you a punching bag. Why and what informed your decision? How many people have seen Blood Sisters? Mm-hmm. You go and find a collar, what is that guy's name? Colour, uh-huh, in your life, good-looking. Cola has been to this church by the way, FYI. <laughs> just putting out, just putting out, putting that out there, amen. Um, but yeah, you find a colour in your life and your life does not remain the same again. You become punching bag. Why, well, he has money, He's good-looking, very successful. Your biological, biological clock is ticking. Your mother is on your case. When will you marry, give me grandchildren. And so you make those, that is one type of pain. Yeah? Or you go into a a job where you didn't seek God's face over, and then it is frustrating you and, and trying out everything in you, or testing everything in you. The second quadrant is necessary pain the type of pain that needs to come by reason of growth, by reason of stretching. It's also the kind of pain that we would call, uh, we would place inside that quadrant, birth pains as well. The kind of pain that a mother feels when she's about to, you know, give birth. The contractions, you know, and and all that goes on in the labor room, that pain, it's necessary for the child that has been carried for nine months to come out. In that same quadrant, we put um, the kind of pain that you feel as an entrepreneur, who's building something, who's starting a business, or for someone who you just got a new job, the kind of pain you you, you, fail, you face where, you know, this is where you're supposed to be at such a time and for such a time as this, pain of settling in, or you might be coming into a company um, and there's all that change management process that needs to happen because people are, <laughs> you're coming into cost changes as it were. And people are very unwilling and unreceptive. There's that pain. The kind of pain that comes with you, you know, leading other people. So there are different types of necessary pains. Yeah? Now there's the third quadrant. The pain that comes by reason of the operations of the enemy. The works of evil men. That is where the scripture would say that the rod of the wicked will not be permitted to rest on the lot of the righteous. But that is the lot uh, that is the righteous that knows his authority. But there's some of us that are going through that type of pain where it is not the necessary pain. Neither is it the one you even caused by yourself, but it is stuff that you know is happening to you that has been perpetrated by evil acts. Then the last category of pain is the one that happens by divine permission. The one that God needs you to go through that process. You see, the thing with God's process is we think it is usually very, you know, just uh, nice and dandy. Let's just go through or just picking berries on the the floor of the Garden of Eden, you know, and just having a a moment with God and just enjoying ourselves and just there is that part. But more often than not, we see it's based on the antecedents in Scripture. That it is usually a process and it is a painful process. Okay? Because God will take you through a journey where he will prune you. He will remove the things that would inhibit you from becoming who he has ordained you to be. He will whip you into shape. Scripture says that the father chastises those he loves. There will be some chastising in the process. And chastisement isn't painful. I mean, we all were kids at some point. Let's assume that, fortunately, you are not under the age where parents still, can parents stop slapping? Do you get to a certain age where maybe, yeah, maybe when you're married and, I know some people's parents will still slap them. If you do anyhow, you just get the right hand of fellowship, whether you have 10 children, they don't care. But some people are more blessed from maybe by the time you are like 7, 10. Your parents already begin to respect you and they know they, that right hand of fellowship will not be as frequent as it should be. Anyway, but there is that whole chastisement process. There is that process where God wants us to come up higher. And so there will be trials, there will be tests that would come our way that we're expected to be able to deploy supernatural strength. We're expected to be able to deploy the wisdom of God. We're expected, and all of these things make for our stretching. They make for our growth. So growth pains also is by divine permission as well. Spiritual growth. And even you being able to take hold of that, which for, which, uh, that for which Christ take, took hold of you. That for which, you know, he has called you. Being able to attain that um, height. Being able to run effectively the race that has been set before you. Requires you to let go of certain things. And if you are refusing to listen to let go, God will divinely orchestrate situations that will cause you to let go. Amen. So, everyone who was here yesterday to pray, thank you very much again. Um, but one of the things we spoke about was the story of the children of Israel and the need. Um, when, when, when time was up and God needed for them to leave Egypt, you know, um, in the course of their journey, they encountered the Red Sea. And, of course, a lot of complaining and grumbling and murmuring. And God would say specifically to, to Moses, why are you crying to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Lift up your rod. Stretch forth your hands. And divide it. Divide the sea. Because I have delegated authority to you. And what, one of the things that was our prayer focus, or one of our primary prayer focus yesterday, was that God would open our eyes to see the things that we need to let go of in this season, so that we can move forward in this month of June. So that we can move forward. There are certain things that are holding us down. And one of those things for certain people is pain. The pain of the past. The pain that you're currently dealing with that has swallowed you up, consumed you completely, and you're unable to see what God is doing. You're not gaining perspective. You're not letting his light reveal and shine on, on, on that situation. Why? Because you are wrapped yourself around with a cloak of pain. This morning, it is my belief and my prayer that God would indeed give beauty for ashes, the oil of joy in place of mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that anyone may have come into his presence with because we are at the place of exchange. And so I'm trusting that as we spend time in prayer, you will not go away with the pain that you have come with in Jesus' name. Amen. If you look at Job's story in Job 14, from verses 1 to 2, we all know the story of Job. Je, 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 the man was doing his own, living his life, following God. And God said, have you seen my servant Job? God was so proud of him. God was so proud of him. I think I've said that on this stage before. That sometimes when I'm going through stuff in life, I'm like, God, I hope this is not one of those, have you seen my daughter, proud daddy moments? Let's be clear. Let's all just be very clear that that's not what's going on here because I, know I didn't call for this. But that was it with Job. Job did nothing wrong. But this was just a moment for God to glorify himself through his life and to shame the devil. And the devil was badly shamed over Job's life. But he went through a lot. In fact, I, as in his, his was a painful situation, a painful life. You lose your kids, you lose your businesses, you lose, your, you lose money, and then your wife, who is supposed to be your helpmate, begins to start to give you warning signs. Guy, cause God and die, not by force. The one that should be in it with you, praying and, and encouraging you. I mean, Job should have been the most miserable of men and the most hopeless of men. And we see that he had moments where he was frail, where his humanity kicked into play. And he would ask certain questions. And he would say certain things. But God's mercy kept him. Even his friends. His friends that he should have drawn strength from. At some point, we talking nonsense. So Job lived, his was a story of pain. Just in case you're here and you're wondering, well, my own pain was not as dramatic as Job. Fair fair enough, it's a good thing to think because I need you to understand which of the quadrants does your pain fall in? Is it something you brought on yourself? Have you realigned or repositioned yourself? You've moved out of the place where God has placed you. You have made decisions very poorly. Might that be the reason why you are in pain? Think about it. Is this something that has persisted long? Something your parents dealt with, you're dealing with? Is this something that appears to be some generational issue? Think about it. Is this something that you know very clearly in your heart? God is working things out for your good. And you know that this is a matter of time. See, while I was preparing for this, the Holy Spirit reminded me. That every pain, just as we prayed yesterday. But every pain has an expired date. Every pain has an expiry day. And that's supposed to encourage someone. So God would say to Abraham, when he was there he says, your, your, your descendants will be in a land for X number of years. They would face oppression. The conversation between, um, I'll call it a tale of two prophets in the book of Jeremiah between 27 and um, chapters 27 and 29. We see where Jeremiah, God would tell Jeremiah, see, at some point in time, in fact, it was as if i never read that chapter before, chapter 27 of Jeremiah, where God referenced Nebuchadnezzar as his servant. I'm like, really, God? And I've glossed over it, but it was as though light just shone as I was preparing for this message. said, my servant, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, he is coming to take over. I'm like, from where to where? And he would do this and this and this for 70 years. And on the same vein, or in the same vein, there was another prophet called, what, Ananiah, who would rise up and say, no, that, that cannot be the word of the Lord. It's only two years. This pain and suffering and oppression will only last for two years. Well, my point is, of course, Ananiah was a false prophet. Point is, there is an expiry date for every pain. And you need to say that and believe it. Because God is not wicked. God is not an evil God that would leave you perpetually in pain no his desire is, for you is to come out to come out of that pain to come out refined and purified as gold to come out stronger in faith I know that as shared his, his God experience with us because he didn't have so much time he didn't talk about his pain moments but I imagine that there was a ton of things running through his mind as he was in prison thank God for the people that God placed around him thank God for the support system that he had But in your pain moments, just know this too shall pass. It will end in praise. In Jesus' name, amen. And so just moving on, Romans 8 from verses 35 to 37 says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. As it is written, For your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. In your pain season, in your pain moments, you need to be reminded that God's love trumps whatever pain you're going through. That his love remains he doesn't love you less because you are in pain. He doesn't love us less because we are in a trial or a, a season of tribulation. He doesn't love us less. How does Paul put it? He says, We're, 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 um, what's that um, bit down scripture? We're, we're distressed, but not what? But not crushed. We're perplexed, but not, I can't remember the scripture. Multimedia, um, if you can help me put it up. But Paul essentially was speaking to, the things that are happening to, to, the, to believers, the things that, is that it? Yes, thank you. It says, we are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. It means that I can be going through a season of trial and tribulation, and I, can, I should be able not to fall into a, a, a face of despairing or discouragement because I recognize that this will end in praise, I recognize that God doesn't love me less and that he's in it with me. That he's in it with me. And that is a word for someone. God is in that pain with you. No matter what it is that has happened to you, whether you have been abused, whether you have been rejected, whether parents have disowned you, called you names, whether you've had your heart broken so many times, that one might just be poor decisions. We can talk about it. But just in case that is you, I'm so sorry, I could not help but just put that in there. But just in case that is you, we're not belittling your pain. Whatever type of pain it is that you're dealing with, whether it is a health condition that has persisted for so long, God is right in it with you. One of my favorite songs is for Labby Noel's In My Boat. That whatever the storm, whatever storm is raging, God is in it with me. God is in my boat. God is in my boat and I draw strength from that and I'm able to push forward because God is in it with me. So we've spoken about pain. We've spoken about the types of pain that that, that exist. I want us to go to the practical ways now to deal with pain, to address pain. Okay? So the first thing is you need to differentiate between the first aid approach, quick fixes to de-escalate the situation or to uh, placate it, and actual treatment. Some of us, as I was preparing, God showed me like we had band aids. We're just what we've done is we've just covered up the pain. We've not dealt with the root issues, the root cause issues. We've not we've not dealt with them. You just have it nicely dressed. You've not addressed the issue. So you need to be able to differentiate between what is a quick fix and what is. Something that you need to further drill down, either in the place of prayer or just borrowing wisdom, asking yourself really hard questions, especially if you realize that this is a reoccurring pattern in your life. This is something that happens, especially in maybe relationships, and you just need wisdom. Some of us are so, what's the word now? We need to be able to figure out. What is, and I heard Pastor Godman say this this morning, he said, you need to know what is a tension situation to be managed and what is a problem to be solved. Now, the difference between both is this. A tension to, uh, to be managed would look like a situation that you really can't change. E.g., for the married folks in the house, you cannot change your father-in-law or your mother-in-law. Amen. Has anybody successfully done that? Except you remarry. Or except you take, you take them out. Mm-hmm. And we are God's children. We cannot be taking out people. We are not Olivia Pope and all those kind of people that you just be arranging people and the people just be dying out. anyhow. They will just miss. No. So that is a tension to be managed. Why? Because you see, you, did, you cannot choose your parents who God gave them to you. But you can choose who you are. In-laws will be. Amen? So you opened your eyes. You loved the son. Yes, the marriage is with, between myself and the son, you know, or myself and the daughter. Um, you know, it's not about the in-laws. Mm. In this part of the world, it doesn't work like that. Actually, I don't think in any part of the world, especially family, um, places where they're big on family relationships, you need to open your eyes well. I know someone who had to call off a relationship, because of what she saw ahead so let me explain to you she's dating a guy who had then said to her look your your folks can't come to our house now this guy is only son mommy's boy and things like that so but your people can't come to our house however my mother can come You know, I mean, they're still dating. In fact, they had gotten engaged, like he proposed and all that. They were just in the face of choosing dates and things like that. And she saw a problem ahead. Why can your mother come and my own mother cannot come? Like, what are we doing? You know? And of course, everything, even in their courtship or their dating relationship, every decision he had to make, he needed to run by his mom. Now, it's not a, it's not completely bad. It is bad. <laughs> and guys, no disrespect if that is you. But it just feels, ha, at what point in time will you grow up, sir? Esa, hey, when will you grow and be weaned off your mother's loins? Because we're about to start our own family. So every decision we will make, you need to go and run by your mother. Ha, So she just gave herself brain. A broken engagement is better than a broken home. And she called it off. So, and I know that for women too, I I, might not be able to create the scenario for guys, but I know that there are things also that guys deal with when it comes to dating women and they have to make decisions because they can see ahead. For the joy that is ahead. This one is for the deprivation of the joy ahead. You make those hard decisions now, lest there will be no joy in the future. You will not be giving pastor work, pastor pray for my home. My husband and I are not. When you were making the decisions, was the pastor there? You were, when you are in church now, you not listen to wisdom. You will now come after years and say, "This is not working. God prevents us from such. Nasty situations in Jesus' name. So differentiate between first aid, quick fixes, to aid situations, and actual treatment. Then you need to distinguish between your circle of concern, circle of influence, and circle of control. Can we have that um, wheel up on screen? So there's a, the, the, there's a circle, yeah, that has three, three areas. The inner circle is your circle of control. Let's start with the outer circle. That's the circle of concern. These are the things that you cannot really do anything about. What is exchange rates today? Dollar to Naira. Aha. You cannot change it, right? Except you are the CBN governor, or you cannot do anything about it, okay? Decisions you made in the past, you have made them. Move on. Go forward like the children of Israel. Don't think about what is lying in Egypt. So you can't do anything about that. Oh, I wish, I wish, I wish. They're just wishes. I wish I married a virgin. It's too late. Move forward. Own it with your full chest and move on. Amen. The weather, outcome of course, you know, just different things and even death. And I know death is such a sensitive thing, but the loss of a loved one, your sitting and wallowing in that pain cannot bring them back. It will not bring them back. So you need to move on. Now, the inner, the middle circle is your circle of influence. This affects you because we are fixated on the thoughts and opinions of others, the actions of others, you know, choices that people make. Now, for choices, let me give an example. If you're dating um, or you're married, let's even say, I mean, marriage is a more critical one. But if you're married, there are decisions that your kids make that affect you, decisions your spouse will make that would affect you. Hence why we advise, marry well, so that you are not bearing the brunt of poor decision-making capabilities of your spouse. Okay, so policies at your place of work, of course these things would affect you directly. Why? For as long as you're not the owner of the company. If they decide today, everybody needs to start wearing Ankara to the office. And you hate anything that looks like Ankara. You have a choice, you can resign, right? But for as long as the money is so good, work environment is so conducive, it's just this policy that is trying to give me headache. And I know that's like very trivial. There are more important policies that have affected us and cost us pain. So you have all of these things here, your commitment, your reputation. Now, your inner circle, which is the circle of control, the one that you have direct control over, your thoughts, everything that has to do with you in there, your thoughts, your actions, your words, your work ethics, your choices. The two circles we ask that you focus on as you are working on getting out of a a painful situation or fixing whatever it is that is in your life that may be causing you pain is your circle of control and your circle of influence. Amen. The external factors, there's not much you can do about them. But what we find is we're more fixated on the external factors. We meditate and we, I mean, see where you were born. Some people are still dealing with pain of being born in Nigeria. That's all your pain. Why was I born in Nigeria? Especially when you now hear the story of how your parents used to be in America. It was now, as they were about to give birth to you, they now relocated. Some people are still dealing with unforgiveness. You have not let go. You have not forgiven your parents for making such decisions. All right. So we're saying this morning that look, regardless of whatever it is you're dealing with, there is hope for you. Because you have a father who loves you very dearly. There's an expiration time for whatever season of pain that you're in. You need to let go. You need to open up your mind and let the Holy Spirit begin to work in you. Let him heal you of every pain. Let him carry that burden. You shouldn't go away again feeling burdened. Now, let me explain. You can still be dealing with the issue. So, for example, if you are in a work environment where things aren't working so well and you don't have another job yet, tomorrow is Monday. You need to resume back to work. But how you've always approached every day is with a heavy heart. You know, feeling very burdened and very, very much in pain. We're saying that while that situation may not change, but your response to the situation needs to change. That today you will let that burden. What, What is it about that job that is giving you a headache? Talk to your father. Drop it. Enter into rest over it. See, we cannot say we are in faith if we are not operating from a place of rest. We cannot say we are in faith. So what is that painful situation? What is that trial? What is that tribulation? You need to enter into rest over it. That is how we say we're children of faith. We're people, you know, walking this walk of faith. Okay? So, just very quickly, referencing Naomi's story. How many of us are familiar with Naomi in the book of Ruth? She was Ruth's mother-in-law. You know, this woman and her husband, they got married. Beautiful couple, young, left where they were. Why? Because there was famine in the land and decided to go into another land in, the, in Moab. Okay? As they got there, they had two sons, and then shortly after the father died, her husband, Naomi's husband died. And they dwelt in the land, scripture says they dwelt in the land for about 10 years. And before you know it, her two sons died. Now it's interesting that there's no mention of children for Naomi, uh, grandchildren. It means that they were there 10 years. I mean, she went into a land Empty. Well, not even empty. She went married. Yeah? So we'll say she had something. She grew and expanded and lost everything in that same land. It was as though the land devoured and took of, took of her everything, including her joy and her sanity. I mean, she had a lot to... to, to, to uh, we, w- we would say that she's permitted to go crazy. You lose your husband, you lose your two sons. They didn't have kids, by the way. So she then was left with her daughter-in-law's. And she hears that, well, God has visited her people again and there was now bread to eat in the land. So she gets up and she goes back. But she would have a very important conversation with her um, daughter-in-law. But in Ruth chapter 1 verse 6, let me read it quickly. It says, then she arose with her daughter-in-laws that she might return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his people by giving them bread. So she would get up and go. Let's learn a bit from her very quickly. Just five things. Her name means sweetness, but she experienced so much pain that she she decided to rename herself. She said, don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara, because I went out full. I'm back here empty, you know. Um, But one of the things that she does is she finds the right community for support and encouragement. She went back to her people. Some of us in a season of pain when we're dealing with situations, we choose to isolate. And I know that in church we say a lot that, look, um, we shouldn't isolate, don't do life alone and things like that. I personally believe that there are times you should be alone but not lonely. Let me explain. There are times that you should withdraw and deal with certain things. Especially where, if if you are in the wrong community, you know, and you're not getting the right type of support that you need. But ultimately, we encourage that you need to find that community of believers, people that will hold your hand up, people that would encourage you, find one person you can speak to. You know, and we, I want to say this to everyone who's in the room and watching online, it's not enough for us to think we should um, be finding communities. We should also be people that others can speak to. We should be people that are sensitive to the needs of others like Joseph. That you will see that withdrawn and sad face and that bent head. And the Spirit of God can speak to your heart and say there is something here that needs to be further drilled down. Or that friend calls you randomly. And I hear this a lot. Somebody calls you randomly and they're looking for you to just push this. Your How are you doing? But well, you know, the word, how are you, is so, or the phrase, the sentence, we use it to, it's, it's not like, hey, what's up? It's, it's like, just, hi, how are you? As in, just say and move on. Nobody's genuinely asking in our generation today, how are you doing? Can I have people who will commit this week to reaching out to anyone the Holy Spirit puts in your heart? And you would genuinely ask them, how are you doing? Not as a form of greeting to move on, like good morning. But because you are genuinely interested in knowing. Regardless of your pain, just as Joseph did. That he put his own issues aside. And he looked at the butler and the baker. And he knew that something was amiss. That we will be people God can work through. There is so much pain in our world. Young people are in a lot of pain. People are dealing with stuff. People are turning to vices. Unhealthy and unwholesome habits. Some of us are in the room. Some of us are online. Would you let the Holy Spirit walk through you? That through you, as you become that conduit that God's love flows through, you will find your own healing in the process. In Jesus' name. Amen. Don't alienate or isolate key relationships. Naomi held on to her daughter-in-law who was very persistent by the way thank God for the likes of Ruth some of us need to be persistent to those people that God has you know God is saying something about they'll say oh no I'm fine everything is okay and I'm sure some of us have friends like that and you know they are not okay but either they don't want to talk about it or they're not even in that season or maybe even colleagues at work they're not ready to talk what is your responsibility and the action to be taken in such a period or at such a time? is to pray. Pray for them. Ask them, is there anything you would like me to pray about? Check on them. At some point in time, their hearts, that hardened that heart may be loosened for them to open up and just pour out the pain. But you too, you must be ready to receive it because when you pour out like that, what do you do with the information? How do you encourage them? We don't rely on our own strength. We rely on the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to help us. To say the right words. Sometimes it's a hug. Just a hug. And the person, wants, the person just needs to cry. A good cry. Just have a good cry. And you're that shoulder that they cry on. And your work is done. So, we're saying don't focus just on your own pay. And on you getting out of your own season. The same way your pain has an expiry date is the same way your colleague's pain and your friend's pain and your neighbor's pain, your sibling's pain or your parent's pain has an expiry season. That will be people God can use to reach others in our world today. Third thing is avoid becoming complacent in pain. Don't you wrap the the pain around you as a cloak and just enjoy and just be be ruined inside it. Some of us have used our pain as a crotch. You know, we like this whole victim mentality. You've gotten used to it over time unconsciously. Today, that hold must be broken. Amen. You just, you, you know, that's the first thing you put forward. And you don't know that it's a turn off, unfortunately. There are potential destiny relationships that God is trying to bring your way. But you are by yourself because of your pain that you have used as a crotch. Chased good people away from your life. So, don't become complacent in pain. Naomi realized the need to move forward. She started by first going back to her home, going back to her people where she could find encouragement and draw strength. She leaned on her daughter-in-law to help her. She did not chase away everybody that God uh, could potentially use to help her around her. And then she she did not sit in the pain, but she desired that her daughter-in-law would also have a life. Well, what do we call her now? Do we call her ex-daughter-in-law because there's no son for her anymore? But She desired that she would have a life. She would have a life. And so she would encourage her. She would give her wisdom. She mentored Ruth through the process. Number four and number five. You need to keep hope alive. Remember what we said. Your pain has an expiry date. And God loves you too much to leave you alone in that pain. He doesn't want you in pain in perpetuity. And he's in that pain with you. So keep hope alive. And the last thing, give thanks. Give thanks. Scripture says, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In everything. It doesn't say in the good times only. It doesn't say in the favorable circumstances. It says in all things, give thanks. Can we rise? In all things, give thanks. Give thanks. And I want you to just talk to God this morning. Each and every one of us, and just say, Father, Lord, I, I present my pain before You, and I exchange this pain for Your joy. I exchange this pain for Your counsel and Your wisdom, that I gain the right perspective on the purpose of this pain, and that has got to be someone's prayer, Father. I need to understand the purpose of this pain. I need to understand the purpose of this pain because You have said it is not permitted to continue in perpetuity. And if you sense very strongly that the pain is the operations of wickedness that is, that is you know, thriving in your life or in your family, I want you to stand as a child of God and to issue a decree that an end has come to this oppression of, of evil men. An end has come to operations of wickedness. In the name of the Lord Jesus, go ahead. Go ahead and pray in the Holy Ghost if you have a prayer language. And I'm at this point going to ask anyone who's dealing with any form of pain, can you come out quickly? Let's pray with you and let's just agree that an end has come to this pain. Scripture says that it gives beauty for ashes. Whatever appears to be a dead situation, an ash situation, it is receiving beauty. Whatever pain has caused you to lose yourself, you become a shadow of yourself. You have lost A job you have lost friendships because you have sat in this place of pain, and you are struggling it's as though the pain is swallowing you up can I ask that you just come out and let's pray with you in the name of the Lord Jesus that an end will come to this season of pain an end will come to this season of pain and if it be something that God has permitted for your stretching and for your growing would you go ahead and declare Lord I receive strength I am tired I am weak, but I draw strength from your presence right now in the name of Jesus and let the Spirit of God begin to wash over you. Ministers, Pastor Demilade, Falabi, Pastor Akitele, Jose, can we please help, Daniel please. Where is us where's 12 12 more, please. Let's start to pray with people. Just ask a very short and sharp, what is the issue and agree with them. Break every chain right now in the name of Jesus. Let the healing power of God begin to flow let it flow over every life in the name of Jesus and an end has come to the season of pain, the pain that God has not ordained, the pain that God has not permitted. Where is Dami? Please we need more ministers out here. Begin to declare that an end has come to this season of pain in the name of Jesus. It is no longer permitted to continue to exist in your life whatever it is please go ahead and just open up to the ministers let them agree with you over that particular issue in the name of Jesus if you are here and you are struggling to forgive you are struggling to let go you are filled with bitterness would you pray in the name of Jesus today you forgive you receive capacity and grace to let go you receive capacity and grace to let go of every situation that God has not orchestrated in the name of the Lord Jesus that whatever is scripture says, whatever is born of God overcomes the world and this is the victory that overcomes even our faith, even our faith so as we pray together this morning and for everyone who is online we have ministers online, uh, Tolu and Tim you guys please be on lookout for those online if you're online and you're dealing with a season of pain Please go ahead and include it in the comment section. So that people can agree with you and speak over that pain. That in the name of the Lord Jesus, the hand of the enemy is stayed over your life. In the name of the Lord Jesus, every shackle is broken, every oppression, an end comes to it. And I just release my faith right now. And I agree with everyone who is online. Whatever it is that is not of God, an end comes to it. In the name of Jesus, scripture says. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And so today we decree and we declare because we are born of God, we overcome pain, we overcome diseases, we overcome infirmity, we overcome depression. In the name of Jesus, all across the room, just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. You might not be here with the pain. Oh, but you know Jesus someone who needs God's touch right now. Would you go ahead and begin to declare in the name of Jesus, Father, would you touch my brother? Would you deliver my mother? Would you deliver my father? Oh, would you cause light to shine over this darkness? In the name of Jesus, pray for your siblings. Pray for your family members who are in a season of pain. And declare that the healing power of God flows. The Holy power of God flows. Jeremiah would say, God will speak through Jeremiah and declare and say, It's the end no of in Gilead. Oh, Matoka tokali ba regedosha. Let me read that scripture. Ledo brande ke Raboko In the name of Jesus. leko Sotobaya. We declare that the balm of Gilead flows, the balm of Gilead flows, the balm of Gilead heals, suits every pain, suits every pain. In the name of Jesus, all, all across the room, just raise your hand and say, Father, do with me as you please do with me as you please I submit myself to this season of pruning everything that is not of you that is in me I command to begin to depart in the name of Jesus I separate myself from negative mindsets I separate myself from painful situations that you have not orchestrated in the name of Jesus please let's go ahead and sing that song with the band Come on, come on, somebody sing in this place Oh yes, oh yes, oh